What's up? Hey. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Not like we don't spend time together anyways. Yeah, like, I know. But uh, it's been but, so long since I've seen you three seconds ago. Yeah. <laughs> In the kitchen making coffee. Um, so hi everybody, this is Date Night at the Coffee Shop. Um, we're excited you guys decided to join us for this AKA episode. Date Night at our house. Because yeah. our house is kind of like, that's our, our goal. Our house is the coffee shop. Our goal is for our house to be like a coffee shop where we have all kinds of coffee making equipment. Which yeah. we're at getting At some point close. maybe we can take this mobile though, we can actually, maybe we can go to a coffee shop and do this. That would be cool. Although it would be a little disrupting for the rest of the people. I know, they'd be like, Why are they, what are these two doing? Yeah. And I guess we would have to have releases. We'd be like, oh, hey, we're doing some audio recording. You're going to be on our podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe we won't worry about all that. <laughs> uh, but something to think about. Uh, so this has definitely been an interesting week. Mm-hmm. Um, we just finished up our spooky series last episode. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed that half as much as we enjoyed doing it. It was so fun. Because that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, this week has been kind of crazy. So yesterday was Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, and a full moon. And apparently somebody at work told me that Mercury is in retrograde. I have no idea what that means, but apparently it's not great. Does that mean it's going backwards? I don't know. That sounds, that sounds, okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't really know. Okay. It just sounds like it's in reverse <laughs> or something. I don't know. Okay. Um, but. But apparently it's a recipe for all things going nuts. Yeah, so apparently, I don't know, like stuff was supposed to get crazy. Everything seemed all right. It was pretty chill over in our neck of the woods. But, um, you know, hearing everybody talk about it earlier this week, you would have thought it was supposed to be the apocalypse. <laughs> yeah. Um, although I was hearing, too, that like earlier this year, like in March, there was also like a full moon and something else happened. Friday and the it was 13th, right, maybe? It, well, also, the, the clocks rolled back. Yesterday. Oh. So also in March is when the clocks went forward, and there oh was also gosh. a full moon like that same weekend or something. Have like we that. been so, in like a time warp, and then now that the clocks are going to be like back to normal, everything's going to go back to normal? That's that's what I had, had I've seen somebody post that. Oh so. my gosh! Let's make it happen. Hopefully, hopefully so. Also, Maybe. excuse the crinkling. We're eating leftover Halloween candy. Yeah. So like all responsible adults, <laughs> um, the day after Halloween, we're munching on the leftover candy. Mm-hmm, which so. is way too much for us to eat, so this is going to be a real challenge. Halloween candy keeps for a long time. <laughs> That's true. It really does. Used to keep Halloween candy for months when I was a kid. Kids hoard it. I know. They're like, yeah. we got to save it. It was awesome. <laughs> um, but yeah, so for those of you that may be new to what we do here, we take each episode and we just kind of... We try some new coffee. Mm-hmm. We talk about whatever we want. We give our opinions on both of those. Mm-hmm. Because everybody is entitled to my opinion. Yeah. Every single person. Exactly. So, again, um, we just finished up our spooky series, so now we're going to continue on with... Um, the whimsy does not end. Yeah, we're just doing whatever we want to now. Never ending. Um, but this episode, I'm excited about this one. It's one of my favorite topics. I'm glad you chose this one. Initially, I was really apprehensive, and I was kind of like, I was a little salty, not gonna yeah. lie. I was a little like, yeah, okay, I guess we can do this topic. But when I re- started researching it, I was like, this isn't so bad. This yeah, is pretty see? interesting. Exactly. I did have, I mean, you are you can attest. You listen to me take notes. I did have quite a few, oh my gosh, are you serious? And shut right. the front door moments. Yeah. So, uh, so today we're going to be talking about comics. Uh, comic books, the history of comics, and how they've impacted the world. It's a twisty, turny road, let me just tell you. I'm sure. Just knowing, <laughs> you know, a little bit that I do, um, I'm, I'm sure that it is. Um, so I'm really excited to talk about this one. This is going to be one of the most fun topics we've had yet, I'm, I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, our coffee today is from the Frothy Monkey. Some yes. of you may know of that. You um, never, have you been there? or? Have, I've never actually been to the okay. shop, but I've had the coffee. Oh, um, so Franklin's nice. The one we have today is 12 South from the Frothy Monkey Roasting Company. Mm-hmm. Um, Frothy Monkey is a roaster in Nashville, Tennessee, for those of you that don't live in Nashville. Don't live Tennessee. around these parts. Right. Um, their coffee is fantastic. Um, it smells I had, amazing. I had a turtle latte from them. Yeah. Last year, it was so good. Yeah, we need to go there. I've been meaning to go out, out to Franklin and, and check it out. We don't go to Franklin that often. Not nearly enough. Mm-mm. So, but yeah, I was excited to try this one. Um, a little bit about it, the, the tasting notes on the from the bag. Um, they say red apple, 
caramel and chocolate. Mm. Um, Pairs well with my uh, chocolate Halloween candy. Exactly. Um, <laughs> beans are from South America and Central America. So, definitely, definitely, it smells fantastic. It's super smooth. It is fantastic. It's super good. Um, it's not listed on here. I'm pretty sure this is about a medium roast. Yeah, it definitely, it brews up like a medium. Mm-hmm. Medium to dark. Yeah, you can kind of tell by the color of the beans. Mm. Oh, I didn't see the beans. Let me look at those things. And the bag is super cute. It just has a... I love their logo. It's got a cute monkey on it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that it's looks, It looks a little bit darker than, yeah, a, it's, than it's some like, of the medium It's like a medium had. dark. Yeah. Because I've had some medium roasts that are, were pretty, like, green looking. You know, pretty light. So, there's a wide variance there. Yeah. Uh, but you can find them online, um, frothymonkeyroasting.com or .co. Or, or just go, if you're in the area, they have a, I think they have a place in Nashville and in Franklin and maybe one other one. Yeah, I know they have, I think, a couple in Nashville. Yeah, so if you're in the area, just stop by. So. Yeah. So that's, uh, again, this is 12 South from Frothy Monkey. Um, go check them out. This is really good coffee. Mm-hmm. What would you rate this? I'm gonna give it a high rating, I think, for me, because I can I can drink it <laughs> without adding any adding anything to it. That's kind of like my, you know, my baseline. Um, or if I see the potential for that, so I'm gonna give that an eight. Mm. Yeah, I would give it. Hmm. Let me try it again. It goes well with a Starburst too. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag not an ad. I'd say a solid seven and a half. Mm-hmm. Based on it being a medium roast, mostly. Yeah. It's a little That's bit... True. It's still just a, a touch bright for my taste. Yeah. Um, but it's it's really good. It's really smooth. Um, you don't generally... You can't really taste the chocolatey notes with this bright of a flavor usually, but but it really does shine through in these. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So it's this weird like, you know, it dark, dark but also rest, bright. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah. Like all the all the good flavors from all of them kind of mm-hmm. meld together. Yeah, they did um, really good with this. Based on just the quality alone, though, like how 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 well it's done, I'd actually probably give it about an eight and a half. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. So. Total, I would give this. I'll give it an eight. I would give this as a gift. I would like, and that's like that's the thing too. For me, if I would give it as a gift, it's higher praise than if I would like drink it myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I would definitely give it as a gift for sure. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, I think the only coffee we've given as a gift, other than giving away some of the ones that we've had stockpiles of from yeah. doing the show, yeah. Um, the only coffee I think we've actually given as an actual gift is just the. Pete's, Pete's Major Dickinson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Pete's is oh, that one's so good. Yeah, it's great. I would give the Lavazza Super Crema away, but I only think it. I think it only comes in two pound bags. Yeah, and who? So that's like that's a little a excessive. Like <laughs> yeah. that's kind of an excessive gift. It's like here's two pounds of coffee. I wouldn't if I were making like new mom boxes, like fun kitschy new mom boxes. I would include two pounds of coffee for yeah. sure. <laughs> but I do like this coffee a lot. Yeah, this this is, is fantastic stuff. Yeah. Um, so again, today we're talking about comic books as our topic. Um, super oh, excited to talk about this one. I just put candy in my mouth. Hold on. That's okay. <laughs> um, and to go along with our episode, I'm drinking out of my Marvel mug. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those of you that follow along, uh, follow us on Instagram. You may have saw our post earlier um, this week where we... I, had a picture of my my Marvel mug here, mm-hmm. um, kind of teasing the episode. So maybe some of you guys got that from the post. Yeah, this um, is not just a Marvel um, episode, but it is, which we could do later. But yeah, we could potentially do just Marvel. Yeah, but no, this is just uh, comics comic in general. And the, I need a comic book mug or like an, I need a yeah. I want one that has like actual like comic strips. This mm. one just has like characters on it. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool to have it where it has like comic strip. Pattern. I know it's probably impossible due to licensing laws, but I would love it if it had like a multi, like a female hero mm-hmm. mug from like DC and Marvel. I'm sure there's probably something like that somewhere. Yeah. I could so. probably find it on Etsy. Possibly. Somebody probably has made it. Yeah. 
Hashtag feminism. No. <laughs> All right. So Girl comics. Power. Let's let's talk about them. Tell me about the the history of comics. How everything got started, and and then how it's kind of branched oh out and affected the world. Okay, joke. So, um, this title, like the this section in my notes, is titled "History and More" because it's basically just the history. Because mm-hmm. it's really the articles that I pulled from were really all encompassing. So it's super great. Um, I did get some conflicting information on when things officially got started, but from what I understand, um, the precursors to what we now know as comic books started in the 1800s as part of newspapers and the characters were made for that purpose, not for standalone books. Uh, they're like the funnies, but they were like commentary on political corruption and things like that. So that's kind of where comic books started. They started in the newspapers as comic strips. Right, so it would be a lot like the, there's a lot of uh, publications out today where they'll just do like a little political cartoon, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. something like that. It just kind of makes a comment on the things that are happening right now. Absolutely, absolutely. It's that and the funnies. Like that's kind of yeah, yeah. That's definitely where they started. Um, it wasn't until the 1930s um, that started what's considered the golden age of mm-hmm. comic books. One source, which is um, Artifice.com says that the first publication to resemble what we know today as comic book or as a comic book was in 1933 when quote when um, famous funnies a carnival of comics was released. It included a cover and full color interior pages. It was given away or sold. They don't know which one at Woolworths department store. At the Woolworths. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. Um. One source says 1933. Another source says that it, that the start of the Golden Age was actually later into the 30s when in February 1935, um, DC Comics precursor, National Allied Publications, published New Fun Number 1, the company's first comic book and the first ever comic book consisting of completely original material. Um, so New Fun would later see the first appearances of characters like Dr. Fate, the Spectre, Green Arrow, Aquaman, and Superboy. Hmm. So, All right, so this means, in, in, so is, there's question about which of these came first, whether it be this New Fun or whether it be... Um, well, it's not which one came first, it's which one kicked off, it's, it's which one kicked off the Golden Age. Oh, okay. Yeah, which one is like technically considered like the first comic book. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely true that in like night in 1935, the new fun is the one that came up with the first like completely original material. Right. But there's some contention on if the um, so famous sounds, funnies right. is actually a comic book or not. Right. So it, it's mostly what that was was just like a collection of funnies from newspapers and stuff that they did before, and yeah. they just kind of like took them all and put them into a book. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, so it it, it kind of started. It was the first comic book. But it wasn't really its own, a full standalone comic. Exactly, exactly. It wasn't it like so. The um, <clears throat> National Allied Publications book, New Fun, right, is was the first original material created. Do we know what was in the New Fun number one? Mm-mm. I didn't. I didn't look that up. Let's see if I can find that. Mm-hmm. Um. So, but it did like like I said later. Uh, later, it new fun would have appearances of Doctor Fate, the Spectre, Green Arrow, Aquaman, and Superboy. Mm-hmm. So, new more fun was the very first DC comic. So, I'm assuming that National Allied Publications either turned into DC Comics or like started a new branch or something like that. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. So, the same source. Uh, that said that this was the first comic book, said that in 1938, Action Comics number one, this is important, um, introduced the character of Superman. Yeah, Action Comics. I didn't know mm-hmm. about Action Comics. And then Batman premiered less than a year later in Detective Comics number 27. Right. So that's whenever we get introduced to these really like famous characters. Right. And so this was before... like. It wasn't like their own mm-hmm. comic line yet. It was just there was action comics, detective comics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that's where they got started. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it's not until October 1939 that Marvel Comics' predecessor, Timely Publication, releases Marvel Comics number one, which includes the Human Torch, Angel, which, okay, is this the angel that I think it is? 
because I didn't realize that it was a comic. The angel. It says, yeah, so like it included the Human Torch, Angel, and Prince Namor, the Submariner. So is this angel like the TV show angel from like Buffy? No, 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 no. Okay, it's somebody else. This, okay. This was, a, a, I believe, Angel the Mutant. Oh, okay, okay. I think. Okay. So, because I was like, wait a minute, that's interesting. But yeah, October th- uh, 1939, Marvel Comics predecessor. They're not Marvel Comics just yet. Um, it releases their first comic book. Um, so that's kind of like a rundown of the 30s and like how they how they kicked off. Right. So how comics got started. It was just kind of like... Little things here and there, not anything huge to begin with. It was just fun. And as we can tell, like, they don't really feel like the first one, it's given away in Woolworths. So, like, they don't necessarily think that this is going to be a huge thing. I don't think. Right. You know, based, it's like, oh, like, look at this thing. It's really cute, you know. So, I was able to find this, uh, the, the new fun, mm-hmm. number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found it I found it actually on Amazon. Um, the... the Let's see. DC Comics reprints for the very first time. It's first ever published comic book, New Fun Number One, mm-hmm. uh, a comic that transformed the fledgling industry by being the first ongoing title made up of news stories instead of reprints of newspaper comic strips. Mm-hmm. First published in 1935, this landmark comic book carried a diverse set of original content features: um, cowboys, spies, detectives, funny animals, space explorers, soldiers of fortune, and more, including features that were written by Major Ma- Major Malcolm Wheeler Nicholson. The founder of the company that would become DC Comics. Mm. Um, so it's just like this big mashup of a bunch of different different characters, just stories. Okay, all right, makes sense. So it seems like it actually is more similar to the one that was given away at Woolworths. Mm. Um, what is it? Um, the the famous, famous funnies. funnies. It seems like it's more similar to that, except it's original content, not reprinted content. Right. So that's interesting. Um, Okay, so let's move on to the 1940s. All right. This is exciting. Okay. Um, In 1940, popular comic book characters that were released were uh, Fawcett Comics' Captain Marvel, DC Comics' Flash and Green Lantern, and Wonder Woman. Uh, As a a side note, Wonder Woman first appeared in um, All-Star Comics number 8. She started out as the Justice League... Uh, society's secretary but she would later become the first big name superheroine to go toe-to-toe with batman and superman not only could she battle them on equal terms her book would last just as long as theirs right um so that's kind of where she went you know her first appearance so then also in the 1940s uh, marvel comics captain america captain america number one was his first appearance Captain America. It was ne- Captain America was never tested in another book before receiving his own comic title, which was unheard of. Yeah, that's in comics before then. Huh. So, and I that's have a, takes a lot of confidence there. Uh-huh, I have a theory on why that is in just a second. Oh so yeah. So this will this this information will be a little bit more useful later on. Right. Like, so I want to go back here though about the faucets about Captain Marvel and Wonder Woman. So. You say here that it was in 1940 is in the notes. Say well, 1940. It's in the 40s, early the 40s. The 40s. Yeah, because okay, that Wonder was my Woman... question was, was it the same year that they came out? Because that seems crazy. Uh, I think Wonder Woman and maybe Captain America came out in 41, 42. I can't remember, but it's like early 40s. Okay. Yeah, for sure. So World War II actually helped the comic book industry in the okay. early... In the early 40s, there was a surge in the sale of comic books, mainly due to the need for reading materials for the troops. Superman, Batman, and Captain Marvel uh, titles each regularly sold in the range of 1.5 million copies per month. Right. So, so I want to take a second here while we're talking about this topic and just say, like, the biggest influence in the comic market, especially in its early days, was providing them for soldiers to read. Yep. Which means that they're not just like this little kid's hobby. Mm-hmm. Like, these were what we were given, like, soldiers, mm-hmm. you know, fighting overseas. Like, this was yeah. how we were getting them to spend their time. So, yep. people need to not look down on comics. Give it more credence. Exactly. So, this is where I also want to put in, like, I think this is why Captain America... Was his own standalone thing. Yeah, they. I mean, they knew this was going to take off. Like, Absolutely. The whole Captain America like, deal, they, like, especially mm-hmm. coming out like in the 
during World War Two. Yeah, they there's had, no way this wouldn't hit. They had to know. Yeah, they had to know. And I feel like I hate to say this word, like the P word, because like people are gonna be like, "What are you talking about?" But it's propaganda. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's absolutely propaganda, and like it's not necessarily. I don't want to say like it's not necessarily a bad thing, but like. I mean, it was like, Captain America, let's get behind, you know, the country and support, blah, 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 you know. So I think that's why they were absolutely, without fail, confident that this was going to take off completely. Oh, yeah. You know, they were like, we don't, what are you talking about? We don't need to, we don't need to focus group this. We're good. Yeah. So. We don't need to test the waters first. <laughs> Captain America was going to hit. Yeah. So, I want to take this second. Because we were just talking about Superman, Batman, and Captain Marvel. And make a note about Captain Marvel. The 1940s saw the creation of a lot of characters, like we mentioned a second ago. The most popular of which, at the time, was Captain Marvel, created by Fawcett Comics. Not Marvel Comics. Books containing Captain Marvel regularly outsold Superman. And that was what ultimately doomed quote-unquote, the big red cheese, as he was called. Copyright infringement lawsuits lasting years ultimately killed the character and Fawcett Publications, his publishers at the time. It wasn't until 1960 when DC Comics, the winner of the lawsuits, bought Fawcett and, the rep- and then republished Captain Marvel as Shazam. So, Captain Marvel, like, Marvel Comics had created and trademarked the name Captain Marvel as a new character. So, meanwhile, DC and Fawcett are, like, fighting over Captain Marvel, right? And then over on the side, Marvel Comics is like, oh, that's a cool name. I'm just going to go ahead and make a new character and trademark the name over here and do this. But DC Comics wins the, his likeness, Captain Marvel's likeness. Right. They just can't use his name. Because Marvel is over here like Right, because by the time they got the likeness figured out, the name was was taken. Taken, yeah. So he is Shazam. Right. Which loved the movie. I thought it was really Oh, yeah, cool. that was probably <laughs> the best DC movie that's been out. I love that one. Um, so this case, the case of like Shazam, Captain Marvel, whatever, yeah. has its own Wikipedia page. So apparently it's like pretty intense. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I never really looked into it a whole lot, but I heard that there was a... A big to-do about it. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was so interesting that Marvel Comics is like, we're going to go over here and just take this because it has our name. And <laughs> yep. um, So I also, in my research, I found a note about how paper drives during the war have irreparably damaged the market for comics from this era because so many were actually destroyed. After the war, the sale of comic books declined through the 50s and the superhero genre almost died out completely. So if you have a comic book from this era, from like the 50s, I mean from the 40s and into the 50s, you can make bank on it. Mm-hmm. Um, it gave rise, so since that, the superhero market almost died out completely. It gave rise to other genres of comic books like western, romance, science fiction, crime, and horror. Those last two are important because there was also a rise in juvenile delinquency at the time. Which led psychiatrist Frederick Wertham to write his best-selling book in 1954 called The Seduction of the Innocent. Mm-hmm. Dr. Wertham posited that comic books of all types were corrupting America's youth because Superman represented fascist ideals, which I don't really, I don't really get that. Like, Superman's a refugee. I feel like he... Well, I think it's the, the point being that he's like this all-powerful being mm. that can just do whatever he uh, like whatever he his views of what's right are or dictator kind yeah. of thing okay got it got it um batman and robin promoted homosexual lifestyle and wonder woman was a lesbian with a bondage fixation okay so those are very um <laughs> very pointed descriptions there. yeah yeah he's like absolutely not he's not having it yeah so, members of Congress were so alarmed by this book, The Seduction of the Innocent, that they called Wertham to testify before the Senate Subcommittee on Juvenile Delinquency. Mm-hmm. So, he testified at, Cap- at, testified at Capitol Hill. 
So trying to get ahead of the public outrage, many comic book publishers came up with the Comics Code Authority in order to self-regulate their industry. Similarly to how the Motion Picture Association of America formed to prevent the government, the government's involvement in film production. Mm-hmm. So, so basically they just said, here's how we are regulating ourselves so that you can stay out of it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so one source called this move a self-censoring one. I thought that was a really interesting way to put it. Um, they said this move actually made crime and horror comics non-existent. And it damaged the comic book production, like, for years to come. So they're basically saying this was a really bad move on their part. Right. Which, I don't know if that's true or not, but don't know if I agree anyways. So, the censorship led to a lot of ridiculous and outrageous plot lines, such as Batman and Robin teaming up with comedian Jerry Lewis to fight the Joker in Jerry Lewis number 97. Also, characters such as Bat Baby, Bat 8, Bat Mite, and Ace the Bat Hound made an appearance. So the 50s and 60s were considered the silver age of comics. And even though there were terrible decisions made, it gave old characters a chance to get revamped, which helped keep, like, superheroes alive. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. They started coming out with all these crazy stuff. I mean, this was also around when, you know, uh, you know, the Batman and Robin TV shows started mm-hmm. coming out later. And, yeah. You know, it's just kind of these ridiculous plot lines and things like that. But yeah. it, it did still just keep involvement. Yeah. Yeah. So, the 60s saw the first major comic book conventions start up and gain popularity. There was no major media presence or movie previews. Um, there also weren't any special guests or any like celebrity status for industry, for like people in the industry. But the conventions were all about dealers' tables and selling and buying comics. So, I mean... So, it was just like a... It's like a gun show for Yeah, it was <laughs> just comics. like a big, a big comic sale, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's uh-huh. cool. Mm-hmm. Um, the 60s also saw the conversion of Atlas Comics into Marvel Comics. So, it looks like it had a few, like, from timely publications, it turned into Atlas and then it moved to Marvel. Um, so, and this is the era where they start publishing a new group of titles, like Fantastic Four, The Avengers, Hulk, and Spider-Man. Spider-Man first appeared in the anthology comic book Amazing Fantasy number 15 in 1962, the character Iron Man made his first appearance in Tales of Suspense number 39 um, in March of 63. And Iron Man received his own title in May of 1968 um, in Iron Man number one. So also in 1963, the character, um, like the characters found in the Avengers, along with like Thor, Ant-Man, Wasp, all that kind of stuff, like I mentioned, Hulk, they also become popular and like mm-hmm. are created. So the 60s, Um, So one source that I read, I'll just go ahead and read this. One source said, quote, trying to pick the most important Marvel books of the 60s is like nailing Jell-O to a tree, end quote. So this era, the 60s, is when um, Marvel started gaining popularity and DC started to kind of decline and take a backseat. Right. I also wanted to, like, pause right now and make a note about Stan Lee. Because a lot of the articles I read didn't mention him specifically and, like, his role. Mm. Um which we talked a little bit about. It's like a little concerning. But um, Stanley is by far the pro- uh, like the most recognized comic book character creator, and rightfully so, as he's created or co-created over 200 characters. Like all of the ones that you can think of, like Doctor yeah. Strange, Spider-Man, all of the Avengers. Yeah, not like, 200 books, 200 characters. characters. Yeah, like Aunt May, like all of the people you can think of, he either created or co-created. Yeah. And one of his biggest co-creator was, um, he's probably lesser known, but is Jack Kirby. Yeah, I know about Jack Kirby. Yeah, any comic book fan knows about Jack Kirby. I'm not a fan of comic books. I like the characters. Yeah, I was about to say, what do you got against Jack Kirby? <laughs> no, I just mean I'm not a, like, a comic book person. Um, but he created for DC and Marvel, which I wasn't, I didn't know. I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. So he create he helped create Ant-Man, Peggy Carter, um, Morgan Le Fay, uh, Black Racer, and the Avengers. Yeah. So, and then another one that I wanted to mention too is Julius uh, Schwartz. He was much earlier in the comic book scene, but he created Raz al Ghul, Barbara Gordon, and Adam Strange. Interesting. I thought that was really cool. I did. I I had never heard of that guy or even Jack Kirby, but I definitely knew about Stanley. Also, 
that Ra's al Ghul, um, a lot of the pronunciations I've heard, and I think it's the, the most accurate one, it's actually supposed to be pronounced Raish. Oh, that makes sense. Raish al Ghul. Yeah, how it's spelled, because it's no. R-A apostrophe S-A-L-G-H-U-L, Raish. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. Um, a lot of people don't know that. Hmm. And even in a lot of the movies and TV shows, they'll, they'll just say Roz. Well, that's how it's spelled, but like it makes sense if you're looking at it through like a culturally competent lens. Yeah. I like it. So, we're about to get into the shut the front door minute, like, moment that I had from earlier. There's a reason that Marvel didn't grow as much as they, may, as they maybe should have during the time, and this is what kept DC running. Okay. Okay. So, you would think, as popular as Marvel is now, like, why was it not popular then? You know, why did it take so long right. for Marvel to get where it is? So, there was a crazy restrictive distribution arrangement that Marvel had for its books. And that was, a company owned by DC was in charge of the distribution of comic books and restricted Marvel to only eight titles a month. What? Yep. Yep. That's insane. I know, that's why I was like, shut the front door. Also, in 1967, something really weird happened. National Periodical Publications, not yet officially named but often called DC, was purchased by a parking lot company called Kenny National. Along with the National Periodical Publications, uh, Kenny National also purchased a talent agency, Panavision and Warner Brothers Seven Arts. Mm -hmm. It didn't take Kenny National long to dump the parking lots in favor of the media arm and Warner Communications was born. Today, the Warner Empire is huge, and the comics end of the business is responsible for a major portion of the company's success in the last two decades. Right. So how interesting is that? I was like, wait a minute. So DC owned the methods of distribution, and they were like, mm -mm, Marvel, you're not going to get any more screen time. Not happening. Yeah, that's crazy. Or, you know, any more air, air time than eight. And on top of that, they were purchased by, like, a... A media company and so they're like nanner, nanner, nanner. <laughs> yeah so they got like some extra backing there mm-hmm okay so the start of the bronze bronze age of comic books is marked by I'm just gonna say 64 year old spoiler alert here 46. oh yeah 46 year old spoiler alert the murder of Peter Parker's girlfriend Gwen Stacy at the hands of the Green Goblin in Amazing Spider-Man number 121 and 122 in 1973 so that's what starts the bronze age mm -hmm. during the 70s the distribution of comic books was kind of weird um i read that it took actually three months to find out if a book was selling well so it was really tumultuous time for finding what worked and what didn't in terms of marketing the right characters plot lines stories all that kind of stuff so basically they prop what i what i read is that they like came out with just like a bunch of stuff mm -hmm. And then they were like, and then they had pruned. You know, they're like, no, this doesn't work. This doesn't work three months later. Right. So the 70s saw some pretty <clears throat> amazing character creation despite the issues in tracking success. DC and Marvel got kind of woke and they started creating superheroes such as Storm, Black Lightning, Blade, and the Green Lantern, uh, Jon Stewart. So comic companies also started featuring stories with socially conscious uh, foot forward. For example, the Avengers, <clears throat> the adventures of Green Lantern and Green Arrow as they fought against racism, pollution, and social injustice. Green Arrow also confronted his sidekick Speedy's heroin addiction, which, pause, Speedy has a heroin addiction? Who'd have thought? Um, and... Oh, uh, he did. Yeah, yeah. Um, Iron Man came to terms with his alcoholism. Mm -hmm. Some other characters that were created that are well-known uh, are Power Girl, Adam Warlock, Luke Cage, and the Wonder Twins. So the 70s saw, like, was really cool. Like, they got to expand and try different storylines, and they got to create some new characters. Yeah, started really diversifying their, mm -hmm. their pantheon <clears throat> there. One of the biggest, um, one of the most famous characters to debut and have the longest lasting impact from the 70s is wolverine he's my yep. favorite i like him a lot yeah wolverine's awesome so he was created by len wine and uh, herb trempe 
And it wasn't until Chris Claremont started writing Wolverine that the character developed depth and feeling and not to mention a pretty messed up backstory. Um, but he also became the inspiration for a whole new crop of dark and gritty anti-heroes. So he was really pivotal in creating this the more complex characters instead of just like surface level like I'm always good. Like right. <laughs> you know, I just choose good because good's the right thing to do, you know. Right. Um so I thought that was interesting. I didn't realize that it was I didn't realize that Wolverine was so much later than all of the others, you know? Yeah. It's a whole decade later. Like I figured he would yeah, just Yeah, it's a while. I I, I didn't know the uh, like X-Men I think like they were they were kind of later on. Yeah. Um, and it was in a lot of response. Like they were, t- you were talking about how them coming, um, like combating social injustice. Like mm-hmm. that was kind of where the X Men got its start. Yeah, because um, they're like social outcasts and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. So a lot of, it, I mean, it's basically like uh, a veiled fight against racism. Yeah. Yeah. Thinly veiled. Yeah. Although not so much more these days. Like I don't know. Maybe I'm just more aware of it, but I feel like it's pretty obvious. Yeah, well, that's yeah. what I mean. Thinly veiled. Oh. Um, so the 80s saw an explosion of comic book artists and publishers. So some of the most notable and their most popular publications are Capital Comics. They made Nexus and Badger. Um, Pacific Comics. They made The Rocketeer, Gru, and Jack Kirby's uh, Captain Victory. So that's a character he created mm-hmm. for Pacific Comics. Um, first Comics... They had American Flag and John Sable and Freelance. Uh, Comico, they had Mage and Grendel. Eclipse Comics, they had Miracle Man, Zot, and DN Agents. I don't. So, I haven't heard of any of those before. Me either. Like any of those ones you listed. Me either. I've heard of the names of like Pacific Comics and Capital Comics, but I I don't I'm not familiar with any of their. Me either. Characters. And that's something that the article talked about. It talked about how like the like. They're all gone. All of them are gone, except for this mm-hmm. last one that I'm going to talk about. And it's Dark Horse Comics. Now, Dark Horse Comics I am familiar with. Mm-hmm. So, Dark Horse has published... This is actually a quote directly from their Wikipedia page. Um, Dark Horse has published many licensed comics, including comics based on Star Wars, Avatar, The Last Airbender, um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Aliens, Predator, Mass Effect, Dragon Age, Conan, and Who Wants to Be a Superhero. Dark Horse has also published... Uh, creator-owned comics such as Frank Miller's Sin City and 300 um, and then Mike Mignola's Hellboy and you probably know what this is uh, Stan Sakai's Usagi Yojimbo and, the name sounds familiar but I don't know what it is and then oh I didn't oh, I didn't include what we talked about I didn't include my notes on manga I didn't include anything about manga that's okay we can talk about it in a minute um, Gerard Way's Umbrella Academy, and then Overwatch. So Dark Horse is still around. Yeah, right? Dark Horse, they're still going now. Um, they, they always had like a lot of the the darker, grittier mm-hmm. kind of comics and characters. Which I'm a fan of. I had no idea Hellboy was a comic, or Sin City, yeah. or 300. I didn't know any of that. Yeah, I didn't know about 300, but I did know about the other ones. Um, and the Umbrella know, Academy? Yeah, I knew Umbrella Academy started from comics. That's so cool. Um, the show is awesome. Highly recommend that. I guess I should I watch it. I haven't read any of the comics, but the show is really good. I guess I should watch it. It Yeah, you. I think you'll <laughs> like it. It's awesome. So the 80s kind of saw, I want to say, like, fringe mm-hmm. publications and, like, or, you know. Yeah, a lot more, like. Independent. That's the word yeah. I'm looking for. Yeah. Independent I publishers. I think talking about. Oh, wait. No, no. You got it. Hmm. Later? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're talking later. I was... We'll get there. Okay. Um, I'm going to drink some coffee. Hold on. Okay. DC Comics also released a 12-issue comic book event called Crisis on Infinite Earth. That was a very successful attempt to solve confusing plot lines. And the idea was to have multiple alternate realities brought together to make one consistent reality. This is in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, the plot line through the 80s were also a little darker. For example, The Watchmen, where a world where the world looks down on superheroes, or Batman The Dark Knight Returns, where a 55-year-old Batman has retired from crime fighting, leaving criminals to terrorize Gotham City. 
Uh, readers also witnessed Superman dying, Batman becoming critically injured, and Green Lantern Hal Jordan slaughtering his fellow Green Lanterns. So the 80s were kind of a dark time <laughs> yeah. for comic books because like we have, like you mentioned, you said it perfectly, like the grittier comics, those start coming out. And then even in the mainstream comics from like well-established publishers and not independent publishers, even their storylines are a little bit darker. Yeah. So I thought that was very, very interesting how this theme like ran through that, that entire decade. You could just like, comics was a little depressed back in yeah. the day. <laughs> yeah. They, it, had, they had some stuff going on. They they were just going through some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the 90s are considered actually, which I thought this was interesting, considering that comics were dark in the 80s, the 90s are actually considered the dark age of comic books. And not a whole lot happened during the 90s. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of like, that's kind of when they start to, as a whole, decline the actual comic books themselves. Yeah, the comic book industry in general. Mm-hmm. There wasn't as much activity here. Except for Spawn. I looked this up specifically for you. Love um, Spawn. <laughs> so Spawn was published by Image Comics. It was created by Todd McFarlane. And the character first appeared in Spawn number one in May of 1992. Spawn was ranked actually as 60th on Wizard Magazine's list of the top 200 comic book characters of all time. Yeah, Spawn is awesome. Um, What I was going to talk about earlier was about Spawn. Um, And if I'm I'm correct, I, I believe he started on Image Comics... But then Spawn moves to Dark Horse Comics. Yes, I, I read was, that. On the, I was yeah. thinking that Dark Horse, that Spawn came from Dark Horse. But yeah, now I do remember. I, I already knew that, but I had forgotten that it was Image first. Yeah, yeah, I did. I was reading on the on the Dark Horse Wikipedia page, and it does mention Spawn a few times. Yeah. Yeah. Spawn is awesome. The movie is awesome. I've the never seen the movie. There's also a '90s cartoon show. Oh. It's an HBO show. What's from the, the 90s. What's the what's the purple superhero? What's the the movie that we watch? It's old. It's got it's got the bad Phantom? guy. Yeah, the bad guy from Titanic. Oh yeah, I love Phantom. Was Billy he a comic? Was he a comic book or was it just a movie? I f- I think it may have been. Do some quick googling cuz for some reason Spawn reminds me of Phantom and I can't I don't know why. Yeah, I have no idea why. I think maybe I think maybe I've seen the very tail end of Spawn. The very like, the Spawn last the last scene where it cuts to credits. Yeah. So yes, the Phantom is a comic. Oh, cool. Um, the Phantom is an American adventure comic strip first published by Lee Falk in February nineteen thirty six. The main oh. character, the Phantom, is a fictional costume crime fighter who operates from the fictional African country of Bangola. Uh, the character has been adapted for television, film, and video games. I haven't seen those that's interesting so Uh, he's one of the one of the og yeah i'm trying to find but i think it's just because like probably the both of the movies came out around the same time and it's got that same film effect that 90s movies have you know like they all look the same movies from the 90s all look the same if you've actually watched both of those movies they do not look anything (laughs) okay well i haven't seen spawn really like like i said i'm pretty sure i've seen the last is there a fireplace they're yes. in a house, and there's a fireplace, and yes. there's lots of green things happening. I, I guess. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe we. Should, maybe I should actually watch this before I pass judgment, and compare it to things that I've that I've seen maybe two times. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. You want to hear some some more about the nineties? This next section is just solely about Marvel. Yeah. Okay. So, in the 90s, Marvel filed for bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. In 1996, specifically. So, they didn't recover until it was purchased by a toy company. And then they started auctioning off its characters to the highest bidder. So, this is where everything got... Sticky with yep. Marvel characters. Yep, 100%. Just wait for it. So, Spider-Man was bought by Sony. Right. The Hulk went to Paramount, and 21st Century Fox bought the rights to Daredevil, the X-Men, and Fantastic Four. So, fast forward into the 2000s. Since Marvel had sold off most of its characters, and the toy company that purchased it wasn't necessarily too keen on spending a bunch of money reviving 
I mean, it's comic books. You know, I mean, right. it's, it's dead. Comic books are pretty much dead. Um, so they decided to choose a tertiary character, one that would be the cheapest to produce toys for. It was not about movies at all, but it was about action figures. So they're like, we'll make a movie, but our end goal here is to sell action figures. Right. And the, the action figure they could make the, the, cheapest. the best and the cheapest. Yep. Absolutely. Did you know this? Uh, not vaguely. Okay. So they ended up landing on Iron Man. Right. Um, in 2008, Iron Man was released and it caught the eye of Disney. And Disney purchased Marvel Cinemas not long after. So, let's circle back. Disney owns Paramount and 21st Century Fox now. They also own Lucasfilm, Marvel Entertainment, Pixar, ABC, ESPN, 21st Century Fox. Um, so, I would actually say it was a pretty smart move for them to auction off their characters and then let other people do the work and buy them back. Because the only character that they don't own is Spider-Man. Right. Because Sony still owns Spider-Man, but they have an agreement where they can co-produce Spider-Man movies together. Exactly. Which, there's been some controversy over those agreements. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of tough to say what would have been better. Um, on the one hand, they kind of were forced to, I guess, because it's, it's possible if they hadn't have done that, Marvel may have just went out. Went out completely. Mm-hmm. Um, although, if that happens... You know, somebody else probably would have bought bought the characters' rights. Yeah. Um, so it's hard to say. But, you know, it, it did all work out in the end. Um, and them. Disney will own the world. Yeah. <laughs> so those of you that have listened to our Disney episode are familiar with a lot of those um, subsidiaries. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so that's how it ended up working out. I'm kind of surprised that they don't own Sony yet. Me too. Me too. And, like, in recent years, DC has started coming out with, with more movies and things like that because they're owned by Warner. Um, and, I, and I actually liked the uh, the Justice League. I liked it. It was okay. I was a fan. I'm excited to see I this. really like Wonder Woman, though. I loved Wonder, Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman was great. Wonder Woman Gal was Gadot the best was fantastic. one. Um, the best, like, of, of, like, the Justice League characters. Mm-hmm. Wonder Woman was the best movie that they did yeah Shazam um, was good too Shazam was the best DC movie they've made out I love here. it they did it they did it wonderfully it was so yeah, good it was hilarious yeah great. yeah so that's kind of like what I have on the history and I I know we talked about including manga and I just didn't I it completely slipped my mind so that's my bad that's okay <laughs> that's we can, totally my bad we can talk about that sometime maybe we can get into anime oh yeah yeah, yeah. Anime and manga yeah That'd be cool that would be cool. So um, that's those are my notes. What what do we have to say about comic books? Um, love them. So and so now we're we're back to Marvel is is booming mm-hmm. and making the best movies. Yeah. Uh, making the most money. <laughs> yeah. Because um, because Disney owns them owns them and I mean DC's doing not not too shabby either. Like you can have like artistic differences and like all that kind of stuff with the movies and stuff like that, but they're not doing bad either. They're coming out with like Superman, like um, yeah, Superman, Batman, like all this stuff. Yeah. So, also though, I just got to say, like back to the the, the mid to late nineties and early two thousands, and kind of the early nineties too. Like there weren't a lot of comic book activities coming out, but they there were a lot of um, TV shows, like cartoons and stuff. The characters themselves made leaps into different genres. Yeah. Absolutely. 100%. Because I grew up watching, like, <laughs> X-Men, Spider-Man, yeah. Batman, the animated series, Superman. Which, like, I have great. to say, I've seen maybe one of the Batman animated series, and I love it, and I can't find it anywhere. Yeah, you can't. I can't find it anywhere, but I that's my favorite. I've been looking favorite. for that series for years. So, if anybody knows where to find that, hit us up. Please and thank you, because yeah. that's the only one that I like. All the other ones I feel like are kind of lame. Oh, where did Teen Titans? Are yeah. those who are those? Are they comic books or are they? They yeah, they were comics. It was a line of DC comics. And isn't it isn't Robin like Robin from Batman? Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay. Yeah, it's just a a a, a series where like some of the. Um, additional characters like yeah like the sidekicks kind of branch off and make their own mm. justice league kind of 
Oh, I didn't realize the other characters were also... Not all of them, but... Um, from that show, I don't... Did a that lot of show... those were, may have been... Um, weren't sidekicks, but like in the line of comics, I think there were mm-hmm. other characters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, my mouth is full of chocolate. I love Halloween candy. Yep. But um, so so that's that's what we got, yeah. Mhm. So that was our episode on comics. Um, that one was a lot of fun. It definitely endeared me more to the the hobby. Yeah. It really did. Like at first, I was like, "This is so boring. I could just like, I'm not a huge fan of TV, but I'm like, I could just and I like reading, mm-hmm. and I really like Calvin and Hobbes. <laughs> Those aren't comic <laughs> books, but I love Calvin and Hobbes. So I don't know why I'm so like eh, comic books. Man, I don't really know. But this was really fun. Like yeah. it really was to, to research. I was, I have I have changed my view on comic books. Good. Effort, yeah. I knew you would. You won me over. <laughs> so. Uh, so yeah, that one was awesome. A lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, don't know what we'll be doing next time, but we got some some. Let's keep the whimsy going somehow. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. Um, got again our coffee today. 12 South by Frothy Monkey Roasting Company. Mm-hmm. Um, check out some of their stuff. They got some some fantastic coffee. I know, and this um, is really good. A few coffee shops around, too, if you're in the Nashville area. Um, yeah. Stop on by. Yeah, you can uh, you know like, share, subscribe. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play. Mm-hmm. Um, tune in. Tune in. Our host is Podbean. You can always find us there. Yep. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Date Night at the Coffee Shop. Uh, you can always DM us any suggestions for topics or coffee, um, anything like that. Or you can also email us at datenightcoffeeshop at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um, Should we get a P.O. box in case people want to send us coffee? Or is that being too like big headed? I think that's a little bit too much right now. Okay, that's a little bit like far sighted. Yeah, short sighted, um, whatever. But yeah, so hope you guys continue to um, check us out. We are very thankful for all the action we've had so far. We're looking at some People of our from stats. Canada. Yeah, we so we're we have international some of our stats. We've got <laughs> several countries now of um, where we've got some activity going on in the downloads. It makes me kind of emotional because they like us. Yep. Well, maybe they don't. Maybe they maybe they download us to like hate listen. Is maybe. that a thing? I don't think it's a thing if you're not <laughs> if you're not like doing like trolling or something like that. And to my knowledge, no one is trolling us. I haven't gotten any trolls yet, so that's good on the so, on the gram. So yeah, thank you guys for uh, continuing to check us out. Um, hope to have you listening to us in you know our next few episodes as well, uh, going into the holiday season. Um, it's going to be a lot Holiday of fun. Holiday season for us. Yeah. Canada already had their Thanksgiving last month. Yeah, so we still got ours to go and then Christmas. How cool is that, though? They have Thanksgiving and Halloween in the same same month. Oh, man. I know, right? Although, you don't really have anything to look forward to till Christmas for a while. That's a long gap of not having something. That's true. But the anticipation, right? Like the entire November, you can just get ready for Christmas. Yeah. If you celebrate because you also have Hanukkah and Kwanzaa and all that stuff in December, too. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, thanks, guys, for listening. Um, until next time. You're Bart. And you're Sam. Thanks. Thank you, guys. Bye.